Oh, wait, let me click that I'm okay being recorded. Hang on. <laughs> Are you okay to be Is recorded? Uh, kids, we are um, we're digging into episode 103 of the Cause I Have to podcast when living your dream is the only option we have on our show today, Julie Seabaugh or Sea Bubbles, an award winning co- uh, comedy journalist who has covered the art form for the New York Times, LA Times, Rolling Stone. Hollywood Reporter, Variety, GQ, and many others. Uh, She also has a book, uh, Ringside at Roast Battle, the first five years at LA's Fight Club for Comedians. Uh, We are going to bring on Julie Seabog. Before we uh, take a quick little break here, uh, welcome to the program. What do you got got to tell the good people? (laughs) To tell the good people. Uh, Thanks for having me, Julie Slater, fellow Julie, fellow J.S., uh yes, I don't double julies and another J, J Jason. Oh, it's it, I know it might be a little overwhelming for the listeners. Uh and I I, don't, I we kind of do have the same like kind of sardonic voice and we have the we both have the the black glasses. Your hair is much cooler than mine right now with the pink asymmetrical. A lot, pink, a lot of pink happening. Uh, but I guess to yeah to tell the listeners, uh, I'm super glad to be doing this. And if you, you get lost between the voices, uh, I think Jason will, will sort them all out. Yeah. All right. Uh, Julie Seba coming up next. Welcome to the Cuz I Have To podcast. When living your dream is the only option. Welcome to season two. We are your hosts. I'm Jason Friday. I'm Julie Slater. This podcast is about facing your fears, digging deep inside yourself, and following your passions. We hope to give you a push to live your dreams. Now let's get back to it. And we're back, everybody. Woo! Good Welcome. break. Welcome. Good break. That was a very long break. I... I almost we have fell so asleep. many sponsors now. <laughs> I, I took a yeah, some stretching, you know, did a little a little shoulder uh, yeah. mobility, a couple squat thrusts, hydrated. Let's just get straight to the point. How does it feel to be an award-winning comedy journalist? Go. Yeah, how does uh, it feel? Uh most times depressing. Uh <laughs> lonely. Yeah. A lot of people in comedy. <laughs> A lot of people in comedy are not super happy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you follow that trend? I, uh, well, I mean, there's definitely, um, uh, I, I started covering comedy professionally way back in 2003. I had, uh, you know, grew up in Missouri. On yeah, a you're, farm. A farm. you're a farm I'm, girl. That is a hilarious story. I am a farmer's daughter. It's so, wow. Yeah. In Odessa? <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> outside of Cape Girardeau. Oh, okay. Where I only ask because Rush yeah. from <laughs> from good old Rush. You know, <laughs> rest <yeah>. in peace, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Cape Girardeau native. Um, yeah, and then I went to the University of Missouri Journalism School, and I was already kind of writing about film and music stuff. And Dave Attell came while he uh, at the height of his Insomniac show oh, on Comedy wow. Central. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And I got to interview him beforehand for the the Alt Weekly, 
and then got to go backstage after the show. And again, like this was insomniac. So he, he was known for drinking a lot and partying. And we took him to the Heidelberg bar across the street. And like people send him all these Jaeger shots. And he shared oh them God. with us. Back when Jaeger was cool. <laughs> it used to be so cool. I know. The coolest. It really Jaeger. was. Yep. Jaeger. Jaeger. And uh, the next morning I just like, woke up on my friend Dan's bathroom floor, like super hungover, but I, like, I, I don't know. There's some comedy. There's something interesting about this art form that I haven't really seen covered in a way like the, you know, film and movie, uh, music and everything else we think of as an art form. And yeah, I just kind of started writing um, for the New York uh, or New Times media chain back in New York. And kind of just branched out from there. And yeah, 19 years later, it's, uh, I mean, journalism's not in the greatest place these days. Professionally, financially, it's a bit yeah. of a tough slog. And I, uh, last year, uh, released uh, my first movie that I co-directed and co-produced. What? Too, too Soon, Comedy After 9-11. And it was uh, a five-year labor of love with my partner, Nick Scown, who is an actual director. And it aired on Vice. And I'm now doing kind of more documentaries and exploring ways to like, be more creative than just journalism and maybe even live above the poverty line for once we'll see oh i like these goals i like these goals yeah these are excellent goals this is exactly why we have people like you on the pod because (laughs) because you're moving up and moving (laughs) out billy (laughs) to lower lower not even sub middle (laughs) pre-middle So, so you say you co-directed it. Does that mean, um, like, did you have a whole team of people? Well, like how it was a documentary though, right? Yeah, it was basically tracing how we went from, uh, you know, comedy is dead. We're never going to laugh again at 9-11 and following up through, you know, the clubs come back. Uh, they had the Hugh Hefner roast that Gilbert Gottfried made his inappropriate, uh, you know, I got to get out of here early. We're going to, my flight has a, a layover at the Empire State Building. Oh my God. Uh, Jesus. Up through <laughs> SNL's first show back, uh, the Onion issue, uh, how the Daily Show came to be the Daily Show. And yeah, kind of just tracing 20 years of, you know, going from we're never going to laugh again up through we use comedy to heal in the face of tragedy you know if you can laugh at trauma you know and and tackle it in a joke then you know it doesn't uh, overwhelm you basically and my partner nick he has uh, he also works at fx and uh, he has a couple other movies that he's done in the past and i met him at a mutual friend's wedding and as you're talking about like things you do uh, he's like, is this, rom- is this romantic partner as well? No, no, no. Oh, okay. uh, just doc- documentary partner, okay. creative Check partner on Crea- this yeah. particular okay. project. Just want to be clear. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was like, I had this idea for a movie cause I was in New York the week after nine 11. And I just remember all those images in my brain. And I've always thought it was a good idea to make a documentary. And you seem like a person who could help do that. So yeah, I, I I came in and we we started it back in 20, 
16 before Trump was even elected. Like that's how old it was. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but stuck with it and finally found people who could get us to the next level and the next level and eventually up to vice. And yeah, it, it's definitely something I'm super proud of. Probably my, my, my best work to date, I would say. That's really awesome. Yeah, that's seriously. And sending you in like a new direction uh, on top of writing. That's pretty neat. So what, what do you think? Where do you think that's going to take you now? Well, I have a couple new documentaries in the works. Uh, don't want to talk too much about them because that stuff always kind of comes back and bites you in the ass. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, just trying to figure out, um, you know, I, I, I always... Um, was more of a story person than tech or you know operating any equipment stuff like that so it's learning what does it actually mean to be like a story producer or put a project together when it's not just you alone writing something in your pajamas (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, solo party daily solo party (laughs) that's journalism uh, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely kind of figuring out how to really, you know, I'm still telling stories about comedy, but now I have to, you know, be more part of a collaborative team and figure out who's good at what and how to just like make it the best thing it can be. So can people see your um, Too Soon comedy after 9-11? Is that out there like to stream in that or rent? Yeah, it uh, ran on Vice for two months uh, in 2021. Uh September it came out like three days before 9-11 on Vice and ran for two months and is now still currently on their YouTube channel. I'm just gonna like make you feel better. A hundred percent rotten tomatoes. Yo, <laughs> wow. what? That's pretty amazing. Holy Probably Toledo. Something like six reviews or something. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but we also I- uh we had um a screening on 9-11 last year at the Chinese theater for the dances with films uh, festival that they do every year. And we were at the uh, November's New York comedy festival too last year. That is uh, awesome. At uh, the Tisch school of the arts at NYU. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then we also had a, uh, another screening. I am remembering them all now. And the third one was September 11th of this year at Dynasty Typewriter with a little panel afterwards. I kind of want to see if it can be a go-to holiday thing every 9-11. Of oh. like, every 9-11, you got to watch too soon and, yep. and feel better about the whole thing and remember, oh you know, God. what yeah. comedy plays. And I, I was going to say, I was yeah. a, a DJ in New York at K-Rock. Um, when 9-11 happened and and i mean that was our bit was just to do a comedy on the air and it was really we didn't know you know just in that aspect we weren't even comedians like we didn't know what to do we just went out we're like here's blink 182 yeah. like for, well, there was for a weeks, like, howard stern How show past this yeah was broadcasting that morning there's oh yeah a film about you know they they immediately went from talking about Pam Anderson to just like uh, a plane has crashed into the Empire State Building and another plane has crashed into the Empire State Building and I'm not sure what we're supposed to do now. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, he did do a fantastic job of staying on the air and kind of anchoring what was happening. Yeah, we we tried to get him for too soon and 
No He's a little luck. too busy. A little too busy. I want to be a part of it. King of all yeah. media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so now with all the, your interest in in being a journalist for comedy, do you ever take a stab at going on stage and, and doing stand-up and writing jokes? I never really had the performance bug. Uh, I, I did a couple plays in high school, but it was always like, like you know rebellious servant or yeah <laughs> third tree on the left whatever <laughs> that's funny yeah there you go that was uh, funny see perfect yeah. but you never get an inkling like maybe i should try this well there well, I mean, was uh and i think you guys were at it if i, I was gonna correctly. say there was birthday. the the 40th birthday oh, right. roast in yeah, the belly room at you. the comedy store which was right before pandemic Quite literally. Yes, literally, yeah. like what ten days or something. I, no, I, I think it literally was ten freaking days yeah. before. And uh, I did write the jokes for my rebuttal at the end, and yeah. that's the only jokes I've ever really written. And I mean, they were pretty good, though, right? Like, I think they were. Well, that's <laughs> that, no, no, no. Seriously, I was going to say though, you are you're good at what you do. You are creative. You can write well which means that you can come up with things intelligently. And that's, I mean, I remember seeing people like, oh, shit. Like, it was, <laughs> you You killed it. Even, like, the big wigs that were there, you know? Like, the legendary Bow Down Attell and the other guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Ross was there. Jeff Ross. I mean, they were like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. we were sitting right next to them. It was, it was pretty amazing <laughs> to see how pleased they were. Like, holy shit, this girl's got it. <laughs> yeah, and it's all downhill from there. Yeah. That was my one. <laughs> that was my my one and only time. And then yeah. the pandemic happened, and now forever was uh... retired from my comedy career. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was I always liked more kind of dissecting what makes good stand up, and kind of you know at this point social media has made comedy you know much more popular, much more analyzed, much more just looked at as a cause for social change or social discussion you know there's 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 different teams in comedy now there's different sides in comedy now which was how do you feel near. about people getting canceled for their comedy well uh, i guess this goes back to my semantics class in journalism school of like what does it mean to be canceled what do you right. when you say the word canceled what does that meaning hold for you personally because a lot of the people that have been canceled are still working yeah and making money and making money for other people so i'm not sure really they're really canceled yeah yeah like does it mean your career is over does it mean people just you know talked about you on the internet who decides who is canceled and who is not it's all objective, uh, you know, or uh, sorry, delete that part. I'm supposed to be a journalist. It's all highly subjective, yeah. highly <laughs> subjective. Right. Yeah. And one of the things of making too soon that I kind of came with is that you know, it's not about telling comedians what they can and cannot say. It's more like you can't tell people what they can and cannot laugh at. You know, you don't know another person's life experiences they can laugh at whatever they want to laugh at that makes right. them feel better yeah. and comedians are just trying to figure out what that is for every person so 
Yeah, uh, the, my answer is a big fat oh. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, let's talk about Louis C.K. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, how's he no, doing now? Is he st- he, just doing okay? Like, well, well, I think I think is it's what you were referencing is he is one of those people that I believe is still he still has a career, not necessarily every day on stage like it was, but writing. He definitely yeah. does writing with people and collaborates with shows and whatnot. Yeah, there was a, a new movie that came out that he did not too long ago. I definitely have seen flyers for his new slash upcoming slash current tour, whatever it is. Um, yeah, there's definitely uh, no shortage of places <laughs> to find anyone you want to see, regardless of that kind of yeah. status. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it the whole, it's the same thing of, you know, everything has been sportsized in a lot of ways you know it's all about teams and who's gonna win and that's that's started happening a lot in comedy too and you know you can root for whatever quote-unquote teams and i'm just gonna keep doing the stuff that interests me and yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's not i'm not gonna super make it my business what people want to laugh at or not sure just my own taste is all yeah. that's important. Yeah. What no, kind of, yeah. What's your favorite kind of comedy? Like people from the past and certain styles. I mean, I can imagine it's just like smart, dark wit. Yeah, I would probably put Attell, obviously, and yeah. Doug Stanhope and Mitch Hedberg is my top three. Oh, Mitchie. God, he. Mitch yeah, man. OK, so that's I mean, that's kind of what we expected for sure. But but those are but they're so good, especially him. He was he was literally, I think, probably perfect <laughs> at, at that. Yeah. And now, nobody else can do it that way. I don't think. Yeah, he's definitely had imitators since he passed in sure. 2005. But he just had these perfect one lighters succinct. They were timeless. They were pretty clean, you yeah. know, they can just live on. And actually his uh, Comedy Central album, Mitch All Together, just went gold. <laughs> like, you no know, way. 16, oh 17 God. years after he passed. Yeah. Wow. Which is kind of never going to happen again, really. You know, like the the market is so fractured. Right. You're not going to have a comedian sell that or or a lot of bands it's gonna be hard too i guess for selling Uh, items yeah you know yeah i was gonna say that happened a lot in in music as well yeah yeah so he might he might be the last gold record comedian possibly god that's unbelievable i mean that's also sad to think about really the last gold record comedian holy they got to figure out another way come on but you're right i don't think i don't think i don't know maybe top streamer top. yeah but there's still so much you know like with all the spotify controversy and that, you know, yeah or you can just do tiktok plays or yeah there's right. there's definitely no standard anymore yeah. no kind of there's not yeah it's too field. right that's exactly what it is it's too now it's too just uh all over the place messy too universal that it would be t- it, almost literally impossible i think to give the specific numbers to make it gold <laughs> yeah half a million happy yeah. half a, a million that's it i got a billion a billion what yeah. tiktok v- or whatever you Hearts. know what i mean 
<laughs> heart, yeah, I got, <laughs> yeah, I got a million, billion. I got, hearts. I got a billion hearts, right? No, but seriously, I mean, that is the problem. <laughs> I think because, well, anyways, yeah, thank, I'm currently thank doing you, a, uh, I'm currently doing a Brody Stevens project for SiriusXM, and his whole thing was like, I have two million likes on Periscope, <laughs> which is <laughs> great. But now, you know, however many years later, there's no Periscope, there's no, like, it all changes so fast, yeah, you can't yeah. keep up with it. Yeah, really, I remember Periscope, I thought that was pretty, Periscope, what's that, whoa. <laughs> and then it's like, where, where, where did it go? <laughs> yeah, or uh, Vine, or, yeah, you know, even, there was like the CISO network thing that NBC was trying to do, there was Quibi, there, you can't, it's impossible to keep up. Yeah, it is, right. Um, can you tell me, like, so you were talking about how you're living below the poverty line most of your career. <laughs> what do you think draws you to comedy and comedy journalism so much that you're like, it's okay, you know, that you still keep doing it, even if, even if, which is really someone's true passion. You do it even if you're not making money or making what you'd love to make. What do you think oh, yeah. keeps you going with that? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely trade-offs. It's it's part of that whole like, well, I could be doing the nine to five office job and not have to worry about money as much, but would I be happy? And oh my god, what time would I have to wake up and go to bed? And you know, like, yeah, there's yeah, stuff like that that I was thinking about even back in college of how I wanted to structure my life and not really have a lot of uh, corporate structure around me. So the freelance writing was always perfect, but then yeah, the money side of it. So you kind of figure out like, well, people have always survived as artists. You find people to help you out. You just be as good as you can until you're undeniable, that kind of thing. I'm not entirely sure how I pieced together some of those years, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say other than like, it gets better. Um, <laughs> You also don't put up with as much bullshit. You can cut to the chase a lot faster. You can say no comfortably a bit better instead of just trying to, I'm trying to do everything and trying to make everyone happy. And I think when you really just focus on, again, like I, I make the things that I just want to make as a comedy fan, what is interesting to me. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, like one of the documentaries I'm working on is about Mark Marin and him coming out, oh, coming back after the pandemic. Um, you know, his girlfriend Lynn Shelton died, and he has to, you know, put together a new act, which will lead to his possibly final special. And he's going to move to Vancouver. And just as a fan, I'm like, oh, I hope somebody has a camera on him for this whole year. It's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah, if if I just want to see stuff like that, it's like, well, I guess I have to make it, even though I can't work the camera myself. <laughs> You're like, I'm too shaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How hey, Mark, I... hold still. That's you. <laughs> How do I turn it on? <laughs> yeah. Where? Where's the? What's that button so, called? Power. Right. So, is that something you're working on, Mark Marin? Yes. Documentary. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That we, is wow. so rad. Wow. We finally officially signed a contract with him. Um, I don't think I can say too much more about yeah. it, but it's like that's super rad. After being around for so many years and doing the journalism, you know, you can kind of 
finally approach people and be like, so, hey, I had this idea. And even yeah. though I don't really know what I'm doing, you know me well enough to kind of trust that I'll figure it out. And yeah, I'd written about Mark for like GQ and he was in too soon. So it was just like you put out the work and kind of build on it and, and people will trust you to do it, I guess. That seems to be where I'm still at. All right. That's great, though. I mean, That's yeah, so, I, and, and yeah. you being, you know, you're like, it's kind of reminding me of, you know, rock journalists who were like kind of groupies for all the bands, but they were writing for like Rolling Stone back in the day. That's like you yeah. in the comedy world. That's pretty neat. You get to know all the people. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was like 23 when I started professionally. And yeah, I definitely kind of grew up within comedy. And um, I think people have seen me mature and drink less and <laughs> start start living up to like expectations i tried to make people see a long time ago and stuff like that yeah. uh, but i am uh, it's coming up on my 20th anniversary of writing uh, about comedy and i want to put out like a self-release a book of like highlights from 20 years and i have been talking to an art designer about making it like rolling stone cream cover Oh, that's cool. Oh, man. Where the comedians are the old rock stars covering that's 20 years. That's yeah. so freaking badass. Yeah, Holy cool. shit. <laughs> you have to kind yeah. of figure out the, uh, it's not quite licensing exactly, but if you use your original material that you turned in and kind of analyze it, then you don't have to get the permissions from the outlet. I blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. A, it's a bit of a legal thing, but I'm yeah. I'm good at uh, the whole uh, do it do it and then ask for permission later. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah, so cool. and don't you have something wow. coming out this week? So another thing, oh God, I'm getting tired just talking about all this stuff. Uh, but it's problem, a good problem. problem, problem. These are good, I have so many things. These happening. are good problems. God. Good problems to have. I have so much going on. Please stop talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so broke. How does that happen? <laughs> uh, yeah. So the comedy store they celebrated their 50th anniversary this year. April 7th was the exact wow. date, and they're putting out uh, with. BMP, uh, which stands for Vinyl Me Please, uh, a vinyl box set of 50 years of the comedy store's history. Wow. And I did the liner notes for that. And it's about 5,000 words of the store's history. And then each uh, disc, which was the 10th anniversary, 15th anniversary, 20th, 50th and then there's a door guys disc. <laughs> uh, those each had a couple hundred words as well for each of them and yeah it's kind of a massive project that yeah. when you look at the full scope of it and the fact that I only started going to the comedy store in like 2007 back when I lived in Vegas and oh my gosh it's the comedy store and it's why why is it so dark it's haunted and like you know and all these years later of really researching the place's history and how influential Mitzi Sewer was like she was the original lady yeah. comedy badass Sure. Like really helped a lot of women in her wake and, and diverse comics too. You know, they always had different theme shows and 
you know, she had a lot of um, like comedy deals with NBC and HBO and all this stuff before women did stuff like that. So wow. yeah, it was it was fascinating to put all this together, but also like, and they're paying me money to do it. Right. That's so friggin' yeah, Mitzi was such a I mean the 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 small amount that I know about her seems like such a I mean really did so much for people in the comedy world, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. So. I mean, even into you know, she later had like Parkinson's and she was still watching tapes, you know, right from yeah. bed and dictating the nightly lineups and Yeah, who yeah. does that? Like what a freaking badass. Yeah. So they're having um on Monday the tenth, I don't know when this airs, but uh on... uh the day after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so this week it's airing uh, the five discs are airing on Sirius XM. And then on Thursday the 13th, uh, the box set is available for pre-sale. And yeah, it, it's it's just really great thing that I got to like talk to a lot of different comics about the store's legacy and Mitzi's legacy and, and how they kind of found like a de facto family at the comedy store. And I tried to work all that in and talk about, you know, the artist colony of it and you know just what it takes for longevity these days as we're talking about you know yeah. all the digital social stuff is constantly yeah. changing like <laughs> the comedy store is still there yeah all these yeah. years and it's still putting out good stuff you know the comics are still completely relevant and you know leading right. the game they just uh they have like a podcast network now they have comedy store studios production company yeah it's kind of a yeah a big honor to just like play a small part of that oh my god absolutely i I wonder like people you know how even in music if someone's popular on like tiktok and that and then all of a sudden their music's being played um i wonder if someone's popular on something like tiktok and then they try to do stand-up and that's like they they must bomb it definitely happens for sure and i mean even they were youtube comedians before tiktok comedians and i i would dare say a lot of people made their careers off of showing videos on youtube too and does it necessarily translate live to the stage it it's not super parallel really you know you have to be able to think in the moment you have to structure things differently you're not there's not visuals you're relying on yeah yeah but if you can crack it like there's definitely ways to be you know hyphenated talents for sure i feel like i'm too old for tiktok i just joined a couple weeks ago and it was basically because mark maron said he had joined tiktok so i needed to watch his videos that he posted (laughs) (laughs) they're mostly of cats and guitars (laughs) there you go I love TikTok. No, I don't go on. Yeah, I'm not a TikToker. Even. I can't even. <laughs> no, it's like, what are you kids screaming about? I don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't... I've never no, been I... that, that excited for anything. Right. right. I know. I I don't I don't get it either. I don't know. We're boomers, I guess. Yeah, huh? we're boomers. <laughs> um, okay, guys, it's that part of the program where it's five o'clock somewhere, and we ask you five quick questions to get to know you even more. Julie Seabaugh, are yeah. you ready? I am prepared for this challenge. Okay, uh, question number one, even though we might already know this answer, 
Which well-known comedian would you choose to be stranded on a deserted island with? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, there's different things to consider. It's like, can they get us off? That's probably no comedians. Uh, <laughs> are they going to have like... <laughs> can they find fish and cook? Yeah, that's none of the comedians. Like, so what am I? What what traits would I be looking for? Maybe somebody who like could just be in a bad mood, but then like wouldn't talk incessantly. That might be a tell, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, or maybe just like Joan Rivers, because I would never, I would never run out of hearing her stories. <laughs> I was gonna say, good old Joan. You that ne- that would never get old. I feel like she's someone that would never stop talking. <laughs> yeah, that but then, like that's what difficult. I'm saying. Like, which what is better to be yeah. distracted yeah. or to sit in silence and contemplate our existence? I yeah. I don't. Yeah, that's why t- hypotheticals are always so tough. Of like, yeah. if you're if you're gonna die soon, who do you want to sit next to you? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not. What's happening at this moment? <laughs> yeah. I'm too literal with these. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, those are both good choices. So, like, who can climb up a tree and get a coconut? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to go with Joan. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. But it's um, like, if we're going to go out, we can go out bitching. Yeah. There you go. I, I wouldn't complain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Question number two. All right, what would you rather do with a day off? Amusement park, silent retreat, a trip to the gun range, baking a pie. <laughs> Does it take a whole day to bake a pie? It's, some it sources may it's, say There's yes. a big art to baking a pie, yeah. Yeah, that's me, for sure. It tells you how many pies I've baked, which is zero. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a pain in the ass to go and like get all the ingredients and then I gotta look it up and then I gotta like have flour everywhere and then I gotta clean it up and then it's like I don't even really like carbs that much <laughs> I don't yeah uh, <laughs> so let's take that off the list amusement park uh, what were the other ones again silent retreat a trip to the gun range <laughs> Uh, I was just talking, I was at the store last night and I was just, I was doing some stretches, uh, kind of my neck and shoulders and they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, I got hit in the face with a gun when I was a kid. Uh, and it makes my shoulder hurt these days. Is that real? Uh, Is that, yeah, yeah, that's real. (laughs) Oh my God. What the (laughs) fuck? So that was my, that was going to be my probably not the gun range. <laughs> that is freaking terrible. Whoever I, did that? No, man. you. I, I did like it someone sw- swinging a gun and they hit you in the head. So it, or they threw a gun up, at you. Growing up on a farm in Missouri, you learn how to shoot guns. Sure. And I had a, a rifle and I was shooting at a crow because my dad told me to. And seems cruel. I don't remember. I mean, at the you, there's a lot of weird animal stuff that happens on yeah, a farm. Yeah. Um. But I, it, the gun like recoiled and hit me in the face, <laughs> and oh. I was bleeding from the corner of my eye. Oh my and God. all these years later, I've had a lot of dental problems where the gun smacked me. Oh my God! Like all my teeth have fallen out in that area. Holy and my uh, and my seventh cervical vertebrae on the left side of my neck is out of whack from the force of it. So I would not go to the gun range. <laughs> 
<laughs> Short answer, no gun range. Yeah, I'm going to say a silent retreat just because the, uh, the, the theme park would be a lot of people and standing in line and probably paying a lot of money unless I can get comped. So let's say silent <laughs> retreat. <laughs> okay. Oh um, does this hypothetical question come with an expense account? <laughs> yeah, right. I know exactly. I love like just the thought process. Yeah, on a lot of analyzing <laughs> of each answer. <laughs> if it's it's so entertaining though. I love this. Yeah. Alright, okay. question number three. What's one of your biggest yet ridiculous fears? Uh, biggest yet ridiculous fears. Uh, I'm not a fan of being in caves or like spelunking or any of that kind of stuff. When people go down and ride boats underwater when it's dark in a cave. Uh, yeah. It's so like, angry about caves. No, it's just, <laughs> well, it's, it's irrational because all I have to do is not go in a cave. So <laughs> it's pretty easy. Yo, that's, that is easy. <laughs> Yeah. All right, we'll stick with that one. Uh, question number four. All right. In baseball, the batter always has a walk-up song. What's yours? Uh, should I pick something petty? Running down a dream I used to have as my uh, ringtone. Uh, do people have song ringtones on their phone anymore? I don't know that they do. I That's don't think they really, do. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but it was the so that's a good way to answer the phone. Yeah. Like what's yeah. what's on the other side of this? Hello, Seabot here. Yeah. And then it's just a good uh, you know, running down a dream that never would come to me, working on a mystery. Going wherever it leads, running down a dream. Right. That. Okay, we're on That's to question perfect. number five, our final question. Uh, you did uh, touch on this a bit, but uh, what is the best thing comedy does for people? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely a firm believer in the whole, like, using comedy to work through things in your own mind. Like, for me, it's more about laughing in a group of people at the same time in the same place and then you kind of go home and think about the jokes and you kind of uh like oh yeah i never thought about this and it's ridiculous and on one hand you start to see the world a little more uh again you know shades of gray uh but it's again all about people like this is my experience this is what i believe this is what i think and I just think that's kind of more important in certain ways than like the literal text of a joke. Do you sure. know, like what's yeah. the context and what in which this comedy was created? What's it trying to achieve? You know, what's the target of it? These are all really important questions that, you know, ultimately do kind of help propel society forward. If you look at, you know, people like Richard Pryor, Lenny oh, Bruce, yeah. Joan Rivers again, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I just think it's a way to like really kind of figure out like where where do I where does my humanity lie <laughs> where where do I like see myself in the world and if I can laugh in the process at these things that are bugging me you know even better. Nice. Perfect. That uh, your answers have been precisely perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Very thought it. out. 
Yeah. No, seriously, that's so Quite good just to watch like the you. breakdown. Yeah. 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 That's exactly I'm good right. At editing. I'm a good editor of words. I'm a. No. Not so much speaking, but yeah, there's, there's definitely like certain. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and you as well on the interviewing side of things, which I'm usually more used to. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Julie Seba. The new, um, you said Comedy Store. What is the the name of the album? Comedy Store 50th Anniversary Box Set. Is out this week. Check out those liner notes, the history of the Comedy Store. Uh, also, uh, you can check out your book. You have the uh, 2018 book, Ringside at Roast Battle, the first five years of LA's Fight Club for Comedians. You also have, I, we definitely have to watch, and I apologize we didn't watch it before our interview, the 2021 Vice documentary, Too Soon, Comedy After 9-11. Yeah, we do need to watch that. Yeah, you can yeah. Google it up pretty easy on Vice's YouTube. Yeah. yeah. They have it set to not curse, but I think you can turn that off, maybe. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. No there's definitely a, there's There's definitely a lot of not safe for work material in it, for sure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well looking forward to your uh, i love the mark Marin idea oh my looking god seriously your future work that's super cool it's gonna be amazing thanks yeah so far so good i, I think he he gets it you know and if he's gonna retire this this is good opportunity to have a camera following him around yeah 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 absolutely yeah. all right yeah. well thank you for being on because i have to thank you for following your passions because you have to Oh, thank you so much. I can't wait to hang out with you guys again soon. Okay, guys, welcome to the Afterpod, where we talk about our guest after they leave the room. That was Julie Seabaugh, Sea Bubbles. And uh, in between the Afterpod and the end of the podcast, we found out she is living about 500 feet from where we are. Yeah, quite all, literally. She... <laughs> we all recorded remotely, and she is literally walking distance to where we are. Yeah, she could probably hear us talking about her yeah. right now on the Julie! afterpod. Julie! Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh my what god. The... Have we I'm ever had a guest away. on who analyzed the answers so much? Like that's so it was such a journalistic like, okay, hold on. Now if I did that, <laughs> then this. Okay, if I picked that comedian, well he would be great at hunting, but this one, no, that one. <laughs> I I, lo I love that though. Uh, see, so it's stuff like that where I know it's like five o'clock somewhere. It should be quick, and I get that. But I love the whole thought. Just watching the thought process. Okay, yeah. so, well, let's think about this, everybody. <laughs> you know, they just gotta go. Well, you know list. what I'd like to ask her is, does she have a difficult time? I know we've been in restaurants with her. Does she have a difficult time ordering? Because she would do a lot of analyzing of that menu. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm trying. Yeah. That's good. You're I don't right. know. We're... I mean, French fries sound good, but there's a lot of salt <laughs> in there. I think maybe, well, cottage cheese is great, but oh boy, that would be a little bloaty, don't you think? Yeah, Julie, message us when you listen or when we hang out next. <laughs> we'll just watch and observe. Yeah, let us know what your menu ordering is. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So she is, she's done, she is, I'm sorry, she has done and is doing so many things. It's incredible. Yeah, she has a great uh, going back a bit. She interviewed Amy Schumer for Variety like nine years ago when Amy was like blowing up. Yeah. Um, she's got really a lot of 
launched her earliest independent effort into comedy journalism from the online magazine Two Drink Minimum. Yeah, she's killer. And the Mark Marin thing. Wow. That is a oh big deal. God, I know. I'm actually, uh, she's listening to this. I'm actually surprised she talked about it. Uh, that's I'm sure she's allowed to say as much as what she said. Yeah, yeah. I would want to keep that under wraps. I know. No maybe, kidding. who knows? Maybe he's talking about it. Oh, I'm sure he is. That's. His, I mean, uh, she said he's he's on TikTok, so she had to get on there. Yeah. He has a podcast, right? Have you listened to his podcast? It's been a while, I, but I just saw Sharon Van Etten was on, and I wanted to hear. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'm like one of the most interesting episodes of his was with Stevo from Jackass. Oh. That guy's life is unreal, and you just don't. You're like, what? It is crazy. Yeah, his podcast. We'll have to listen to it. WTF. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, exactly. With Mark Maron. Yeah. He's so, I love him. He's awesome. Yeah, I want to listen to the um, Sharon Van Etten because she's got such an interesting, like, yeah. oh my God, he had President Obama on. Oh my God. Former President Obama. Former, excuse me. Oh, he has WTF merch. That's very funny. And it's a, two cats. Yeah, she said he posts a bunch of cats on TikTok. I want to see if uh, Obama, like, cussed, you know, said, dropped an F-bomb or something on there. I don't think so. Now I, wanna, you know what? Does. I, yeah, now I want to listen to it. His podcast is so funny. I'm so worried that our podcasts are too long and he goes on for like two hours. Because he oh, can. Yeah. Because he can. Yeah. Him, armchair expert. I wonder um, when he started his podcast. I feel like... It was in 2017 or something. Because I started listening to it maybe in 2018. Spencer got me into it. Our longtime listener wow. slash. 2009. Host, so that's I mean, how long we. Oh, need 2009? To, oh my gosh. He has 1,211 episodes. We are on 103. And three. Wow. That's the one thing I really have to remember is I know, you know, I'm friends with the chick that does true crime obsessed and she oh, had yeah. hamel cast and all that but she's doing like crazy great she even started another one i think it's called let the women do the work and she talks about women who are like imprisoned and yeah somehow get out of it or false i don't know anyway i have to remind myself like that friend started podcasting you know like, let's look up when did Hamilton come out? When did... Oh, was it called Hamilcast or something? Hamilcast. Play Hamilton come out. So she ended up with the idea. And meanwhile, oh, 2015. She came out. She had a, a podcast about, um, gosh, it was like a 90s show. It was just a podcast about talking about every episode. Right. My Something Life or so-called life oh my so-called life maybe i'm not positive that's it okay but anyway who would have thought she came up with a podcast about the musical hamilton and and just kept talking about hamilton i'm not a big broadway yeah. person so i'm like who's gonna listen to that yeah she ended up having lin man when i don't even say manuel miranda yeah yeah she ended up having him on the podcast at the end We've taken quite a turn to what we were talking about. Julie. <laughs> Julie Seba. 
let's get back to the Siba Meister. That's pretty cool that she's now uh, doing some directing, um, doing documentaries. I definitely want to check out that too soon comedy after 9-11 because it was really, I can remember Jon Stewart kind of like talk about WTF. You know, what do you do when your job is to do comedy and, and the world is paused? Right. And nothing's funny. I can remember those days vividly going to work and just like, oh my gosh. I mean, and then I can remember the time a listener sent a note in and said, oh, you finally sound like you're doing better (laughs) after 9 11. It's like, wow. Very sweet. Because I wasn't so sad anymore. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) No, I know. No kidding. Yeah, we got to watch this. All right. Well, um, that was Julie Seaball. Uh, check out all, all the things that, that she talked about. And she's got a lot of projects happening. And it was really great to have her on. And that was uh, 103. Woo! Okay. Let's see you guys next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Cause I Have To podcast. Find us on Instagram at Cause I Have To podcast. Tell your friends about the pod and share an episode on your socials. We'd love to hear from you too. Email us at Cause I Have To podcast at gmail.com. Keep living those dreams, friends, because you have to. Till next time. <laughs>